Hello, my ladies, my gays, my theys, and the men who get it, and happy holidays to everyone. Today, I could have no other guest <laughs> other than my cousin Kate. <laughs> Mary Chrysler. <laughs> what? You've never seen that? Happy Christmas. Mary Chrysler. <laughs> happy Christmas. <laughs> Kate, do you know it is coming up? on a year of this podcast is it really yes no way god i know time flies time flies when you're shredding nice guys uh (laughs) i went by fast that's a big milestone in podcast world it's crazy so we started a year ago and now we have over two hundred twenty nine thousand downloads we're in like multiple countries it's crazy that's awesome (laughs) it's insane I can't see any of that info, so I get all of that from you, and it like blows my mind. Well, I'll be, I'll be your information station. But <laughs> thank you so much. Just just as we begin, I'm so grateful and thankful to everybody that's listening, everybody who's been there on this journey. This started as just like a crazy idea of like, dang, I've got a lot of stories, and I need to do some healing. I wonder who else has something. <laughs> like, who else <laughs> needs to chat? And then Kate, obviously. Yeah, I think we like texted and I was like, ooh, yeah, I've I've got some history with with a nice guy. Let's chat. <laughs> Let's <laughs> chat more. And speaking of, you have some history with as of late. <laughs> some recent. <laughs> very famous, very well known, red cheeked, white bearded, hat wearing, jolly, jolly bellied. <laughs> Son of a gun. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. So so just in case you couldn't guess by my context clues, for your holiday of the nice guy, holiday special, we're going to start with a terrible tale about <laughs> a Santa Claus. Yes. Yeah. Your timing of your message could not have been better. Like, I needed to unload this on somebody so badly. <laughs> So I'm a photographer, so I volunteer a lot for um, different events, and I I donate a lot of sessions and stuff for fundraisers. So I was asked to donate my time as a photographer for a toy drive that was being sponsored by a local insurance agency in my town. It was the first time that they were putting this together. So let me just preface by saying I do not blame them at all. They did not. They did not. (laughs) No accountability on their end because yes, this is not their fault. This was a first time event. And the the whole deal was a family brings in a toy for the toy drive. They get a free picture with Santa. We were at the library and it was all set up. It was really cute. They brought in this like vintage couch and it was so cute. And they hired like a local well-known Santa. Uh, and I live in a small town. So maybe this is like a small town thing that this, this behavior has just been like widely accepted. But I have never been more appalled in my life. So, so just so I'm getting this picture correctly for everyone here and myself you agreed to do an event and they just hire a santa this is not like they don't this this guy doesn't work with them he's just like Mm -hmm. a rent a santa type of guy yep totally like unaffiliated with the business that's sponsoring the event okay this is not a religious event this is a toy drive for a local um organization that hands out uh meals and toys and stuff like that to underprivileged families in our area so it was like a really great concept i was like oh hell yeah like i'm there um, so I like show up and we're, we're all there early setting up and kind of putting out cookies and milk and stuff. And the Santa shows up and he's, he's actually like 
built like Santa. He's got a big white beard and he fits the part naturally. That's important to notice because that's that means that this is a fully committed dude. You know oh, what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. this isn't a guy with a beard who does this on the weekends. This is a commitment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no fake beard. There was no I mean like he had he had a full outfit with like genuine black leather boots. Like this is this is his like his shtick in the <laughs> during the holiday season. It's claim to fame. So immediately it's like just us. It's our it's our little quiet library. There's nobody in there because it's it's later. It's like four to seven PM. And he starts like just kind of filling the dead air with like chatting. And he immediately goes into how he's got this red bag and he starts pulling out books. And like, you know, they seem innocent. One of them's like a Charlie Brown book, and one is um the book about like what is it, the three trees or something, which I know that one's religiously affiliated. I have no anyway. idea. I don't. I, I know the Giving Tree. That's probably a different tale. Yeah, it's about. It's basically. I think it's a story about how like the cross was made, like Jesus' oh, cross. Okay. So, Wonderful. Like that tree had a purpose, and it it became like a, I don't know. That's not gruesome at all. <laughs> yeah, I won't go too far into like the religious stuff that he said, yeah. but basically he started off strong by saying he likes to sneak messages of the gospel into like the things he says to the children who visit him. Because he wants, he needs them to know like the true meaning of Christmas. So this is important to note because he really sets himself up as like a saint going into this. And I'm like, I also would say like, you know, the thing that I would love if I brought my child up to Santa would be to know that a strange man was, you know, quietly whispering the word of God in their ear. Right. I was already angry and I'm texting my husband like, do not bring the girls abort, abort. We're not go. We're not doing this. Like, stay home. This guy's a weirdo. Uh, like, I I don't subscribe to that type of messaging during the holidays. Personally, with my children, I don't want a stranger I've never met before preaching about the gospel to my children. Like, it was very inappropriate. Yeah, on his lap. Like, that's so weird. It's yeah. so weird. It's also like, I feel at this point, like, Santa is not, I mean, I think Santa is definitely linked to Christmas, obviously, like Santa and Christmas. But, like, I think a lot of people participate in the santa belief and ideology that like wouldn't be down for that so to assume that people are just like yeah that'd be great i'm super like it's if he wasn't if he was not hired to do that specifically like i don't get hired for things if you like let me also talk about some shit i've like f the nice guy am i right right (laughs) i'm like we're not at a church this wasn't like it was just so weird and he's like i like to um this book here and he's like holding up this book he's like the message of the of uh uh the birth of jesus is hidden in a, in a story that's appealing to children so i really like to bring this along and and sometimes i have the kids read out these poems uh you know to the crowd and they're like bible based poetry and he like has the kids read it out loud <laughs> So this is how the whole thing got started. And I'm like, okay, this is this old man who's like really into the church and really kind of hyping. But the Saint Saint Nick, really, really. Yeah. But the Saint Saint Nick. And so that's like, I'm like annoyed. But then it gets so much worse because then the event starts. The first child to show up is a four-year-old little girl. And I'm like, you know, yeah, this guy, I don't like this guy's a whole plan of like preaching the gospel to kids but he still seems like an innocent just old man like 
really stuck in his ways type of thing. No, he picks this little girl up on his lap. And the first thing he says to her before anything else is, oh, you're an attractive one. You're going to be attracting all the boys. A four-year-old little girl, he says this to. And I'm immediately like, I feel like I'm on fire. (laughs) The flames of hell have come for me. And and he he had to have known because I have resting bitch face when I want to have resting bitch face and I like activated I was burning this man like alive I was so angry and it was so inappropriate and it caught me so off guard that I was like what is happening like <laughs> yeah I don't think I want my name associated with this event anymore because it kept going like another child came nine year old little girl and I know this because he asks all their ages and their names and stuff and she it, her two siblings went before her who were like I think a little boy and then she walks up and he goes there's a tall and skinny one first thing he says to her that could not be more predatory that sounds literally like yeah like so inappropriate and then he he did make one kid read a poem and the, the child was already so uncomfortable he could not read the room about the kids being like scared or, or shy. just you know yeah how a lot of young kids are when they're meeting santa shy so he's like picking children up and putting them on his lap nope and some of them are like a little too old to be sitting on santa's lap like 12 13 years mm. old mm. really weird and then these two High school girls come in. They look they looked high school age, I'm assuming, maybe like 15, 16. But they're two friends, and you could tell they're just trying to get like a fun, goofy picture with Santa, which I used to do that stuff with my friends all the time. Sure. Like, let's go get a picture with Santa, and it'll be funny to share. So they like sit down on the couch, and he literally, like I know people can't see me, but like picture that creepy dude who like leans back and puts his arms behind like the two girls next to him, and he leans back, and he's like, ugh. So... How many boyfriends do each of you girls have? Ew! <laughs> They're Jeez. children. What oh, happened to Saint us. Nick? What happened to Jesus? Why? Oh. It was so unsettling and uncomfortable. I have, I mean, I've been in situations that I'm uncomfortable before, but I, he had to. I don't even know how to explain it. I was on fire. Like I was literally. Flames. so angry and so i finally the the girls who are there with the with the business that was sponsoring the event were i mean at least one of them we were kind of interacting looking at each other speaking yeah, right. to our eyes like uh this is getting a little weird like yeah. he was taking a really long time with every kid there was a line building up so like she's trying to kind of not ruin the mood but be like okay santa we got a line like we got to kind right. of you know things like that and i'm i'm finally like all right santa um, I'm going to need you. I like stopped after one kid left and I was like, I'm going to need you to um, like kind of pose right away when the kids come. I need to get the picture done because otherwise my, my, I'm going to be standing here, like kind of holding my heavy camera up, waiting for like an opportunity for this kid to look at the camera, for you right. to look at the camera, right? for it not to be like tears. Like it's, it's difficult right, to photograph right, little right. kids. My battery was dying on my flash. Like so he like, I say this to him and I'm trying to, again, be chipper and like, you know, okay, Santa, like that voice, there's yeah, kids all over the place. You're terrifying me, but I have to be nice about it. Yeah. And I'm like, he's like, you're going to have to say that slower. And I was like, okay, Santa. <laughs> and I really slowly like yell. I'm like, I need you to pose. And Bob, I tell him again. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry if I'm being too, he puts up air quotes, Santa Claus for you. 
And I'm like, buddy, you are you are not enough Santa Claus. I need more Santa Claus. <laughs> I need more Santa and less creepy yeah. mall Santa out back. Like that's what I need. More Santa, less pedo. Like, <laughs> let's keep the kids off your lap. Let's take advantage of this nice wide couch we've provided for you. Let's stop talking about boyfriends with like preteens, underage four girls, year olds, like young children. That's you know putting your hand on their inner thigh when I take your photo. Yeah, no. Mm, yeah. No, police. Mm-mm. Well, that's that's the thing is like cuz <sighs> like once you have kids you really start to recognize like how creepy language is with kids because I remember the first time that like there's a guy and I don't think he's a creep. What do I know? But he he was like, oh, yeah, she's flirting with me about my daughter. And he was like in his 60s, his 60s, 70s or something. And talking about my child. And I was like, no, she's being nice. And I don't think he was. I Because like a lot of like that generation, like above us, like our parents' generation, like think it's completely socially acceptable to like sexualize or like say like joke in that manner or discuss those topics with kids i think it's so bizarre and i think it's really troublesome because like that's how creepy stuff happens because like that right there is super super creepy but because like that's a thing that like you know like it's normal somewhat for older men to like comment on little like younger girls attractiveness those are the ones who buy like onesies for newborn baby girls who say like my daddy says I can't date till I'm 18. Like <laughs> it's like yeah. so inappropriate and it's been so widely accepted that like when you it's true when you become a parent you're like ah I don't uh, like that. I don't like well, that at you. all. We're going to send that to Goodwill. It's just like thinking about like as a kid you're like that Santa, you know, so cool and then you go and see one at a mall or god what wherever you are that Santa's. And then as an adult you're like that's just a man. That's a man <laughs> that chooses to to dress as a Santa Claus. Why? I don't know. There's probably a lot of nefarious reasons like that is that's a strange dude. Like it's yeah. literally a stranger that you're hoping like fingers crossed the mall does it. <laughs> Background checks. Like Yeah, hopefully this guy was vetted. Right, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's just so crazy to think about. And this about. guy, he also told us ahead of time, like, you know, I know I was built this way and I look this way for a reason. God made me, you know, put put me on this earth looking this way to do this job and to spread the true meaning of Christmas. So, like, he really hyped himself up as this just, like, messenger of goodwill and, like... The, the holiday season. And then he sits back and he's like, oh, girls. <laughs> How many bummy boyfriends you guys have? I was like, are, did you come from a truck stop? Yeah. Where, like, who hired you? Like, yeah. what's happening? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm like yelling into the mic because I'm getting angry all over again because it was so bad. And I, I literally almost walked out of the event. Like, I I was debating, like, how am I going to tell these women? I can't. Like, I don't want my name attached to this. this is I don't, creepy as hell. I yeah. immediately went on my phone and deleted every ad that I had posted on social media about the event on like the the facebook town pages because i was like i don't i don't like this (laughs) you know what though i feel like the holiday seasons are the season for creepiness because like it's the season where you give the most hugs you don't want to (laughs) give you know what i'm saying yeah that's true okay tell me if this is maybe this is just me and if so embarrassing did you used to get like texts from dudes that were like long gone from your life and then on the holidays it's like Merry oh, yeah. Christmas. I'm thinking about you. It's like, well, don't. It's a holiday booty call. Like, they're home for the holidays. They remember you from high school. They've been following you on social media. Yes. They know you're single. 
Hey, are you in town? <laughs> the naughty list. <laughs> you want to be on my naughty list, girl? No, thank you. Yeah, that you're 100% right. You know what that made me think of? This is not holiday related, although it did happen on the holidays. I dated a guy in high school who like, we went our separate ways. I <laughs> broke up with him because I was going to be in LA, which did not happen and never happened. And um, he did the whole frat thing. He was all about the frat thing. That was his like whole life. Like just like all, you know how some dudes just go all in. Like they're normal yeah. people. And then they're like, oh yeah, like my brother's gig stand. I die for these boys. You're like, you just met them. <laughs> you met them five minutes ago, but okay, whatever. We broke up, stayed broken up. He did his whole college thing. He came back. And I'll be damned, Kate. I'll be damned <laughs> if he did not think I was waiting at the window. I I swear to God, that boy came back and was like, thought he was going to come back. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I've been waiting for you. I'm so glad you're done sowing your seeds in the, like, oh my God. and hooking up with all the girls. Because he thought, like, he would go and do all that stuff and come back. And, like, it would all be chill. And I remember hanging out and him, like, making a couple moves and just being like, no. Awesome. <laughs> what it's so funny because like i feel like that's a thing that guys say about women that they want to do that like they want to go do like like yeah they just want to hook up with dudes and then settle down eventually for the nice guy it's like do you know how many nice guys do that want to go yeah. like do like hook up with all types of women and then come back and be like hey remember me i'm a good guy i'm t i'm tired <laughs> <laughs> i'm ready to settle for you you ready <laughs> oh yeah there's a couple guys from my hometown that were like that <laughs> oh shit they're always trying to make the most of holidays nice guys are always trying to spring something the guy who uh made up our whole relationship never had oh yeah yeah that guy yeah he literally was like trying like take on new year's like i'm gonna fly you i'm gonna take you in my airplane yeah. and i'm like yeah. no dude stop it's like this is not a hallmark movie these are not uh, like no i don't want to do whatever hallmark plans you have like i just want to live my life <laughs> I don't want this. Oh God! Think of it, but like, think about how many like holiday times a man has tried to like make it a make it a moment. And you're like, no. This isn't. Uh, what's that movie with Ryan Reynolds? Best Friends. Oh God, that nightmare. <laughs> what's that movie called? Uh, Just right? Friends. Just, Just friends. friends. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nightmare in itself. We'll have to cover that sometime. <laughs> so many of those old classics. Speaking of old oh. classics, Kate. Let's get into it. <laughs> Bringing it full circle again, because I actually have covered this movie before, but new details have come to light, and I was by myself, <laughs> talking to myself. <laughs> so I want your feedback now, but love actually. I loved this movie when it came out. <laughs> 100%. What a feel good. Like yep. I loved all of the different intertwining storylines, which I still I still think it's great. I think it's cool how they like intermix the characters. I'll give them that. There's Emma Thompson saves the whole film for me. Love her to death. 100%. But man, when you get to like the the place mentally where I'm at now, and you rewatch. <laughs> so to me, this is the litmus test for women if they have unpacked their misogyny yet, if they've yeah. healed yet. Because if you watch it before you have your same thing, I was like, I love this movie. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh my God, this is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. Yeah. I love Colin talking about how stupid women from Wisconsin are. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 
I love when that guy makes the woman who works for him strip down into her underwear to get the already ruined manuscript that he wrote and falls for her without ever speaking a word to her. I love that when she can't <laughs> literally communicate with him. Women are to be seen, not heard. <laughs> like, girl, I have notes. I no. have notes. Okay. So, well, that's, should we start there? Because that's. Yeah. <laughs> there's so there's so many places to start with that movie i went like 10 years without watching it and and so much growth happened in those 10 years and when i finally watched it again i was like whoa jesus christ whoa. lots to unpack here okay so the story you're talking about is jamie and aurelia so jamie is a writer he finds his wife cheat didn't he walk he finds his, that his wife's cheated on him with his brother oh that's right yeah Oh my God. I'm so annoyed. I'm like, I don't care what the man's backstory is. Yeah. But I mean, like, pretty traumatic uh, thing to happen that requires quite a bit of like therapy and healing. But, you know, that's not what you do, Kate. What you do is you get a house, <laughs> on a writer's retreat. <laughs> you go on a writer's retreat, you get a house, and you get a beautiful woman to work for you. Yep. That's, you know what? Goddamn, Kate. I always think I know things, and then you come in with the, the, absolute bullseye target like that is such a good point this man instead of getting therapy <laughs> doing anything productive <laughs> or healthy he's like i'm gonna isolate myself yeah that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna isolate myself with a manuscript now he would have a podcast obviously <laughs> um and i'm gonna hire yeah i'm gonna hire a beautiful woman that's what i'll do but so i've broken these down because i'm like fascinated by this movie okay so this one to me the fantasy is like the cleaning woman fantasy or the foreign woman fantasy, right? Because it's a like mashup. <laughs> yeah, it's a little mashup, right? Because you know she's she's beautiful and like mysterious. she's mysterious. She doesn't speak the language. She's isolated with him. It's her and him, like twenty four seven. And again, like I don't know why. Like I don't know if it's the subs. Like men want someone who's subservient to them, but like the whole cleaning woman thing is absolutely a fantasy. And like aside from that, like they literally never talk until the until the very very end. There's not until a he learns word. like ten words and what is it Portuguese? It's like seven <laughs> words, yeah. yeah. But it's like oh my god, what what a gem. But the thing is, like we know that they have chemistry because we are seeing the translation of what they're saying to each other, right? Mm -hmm. That's how we know that they have anything in common. But the actuality is they're speaking two different languages to each other. <laughs> talking to a bird. Yes, they're talking. <laughs> it's like they're going off of nothing. They have no idea what they're saying. And he builds up like, like I can't s stress this enough. This is from the perspective of a nice guy who fantasizes about women this entire story like it sets the precedent of like oh yes when a when a woman who doesn't speak english a beautiful woman is talking in front of me she's probably talking about me or we would get along so well or she's actually in love with me like that's that's what we're looking at it's sexual tension that builds between them that's well, it she strips <laughs> and it's because she strips down and jumps in the water because she works for him because she yeah. felt like it was her fault she was destroying his manuscript like this wasn't like a playful this was oh shit my employer yeah i've dropped off his his drink and the manuscript's blown away and i have to retrieve that so i'm stripping down like this isn't like a can you imagine if that was you if you're working for some dude and his manuscript went in you, you're like well i guess i'll just strip now 
I would just dive in in my clothes. <laughs> Guy's not getting a free show. You got to pay for that. Well, a man made no this free cake. feet pics. <laughs> oh God! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ew, what? Those are those are high value. We don't yeah. do those for free. Uh, no, but yeah, like what a bizarro. And the, that's like one of the least upsetting of all of them right like that's one of the least upsetting couples no that's like the mildest storyline and yet still (laughs) problematic but jamie and there those are not my least favorite okay because at least in that one at the end you're like okay she learned some english he learned some portuguese (laughs) sitting somewhere i guess yeah uh we'll just go maybe we'll just get like i'll get like the not as bad ones out first okay then there's john and judy John and Judy are the stand-ins for sex scenes in films. Yeah. Uh, can I just add, as I was taking notes for this podcast, I was forgetting about a lot of how raunchy this film is <laughs> yes. filmed. And I pressed play thinking I could catch a few minutes while my kids were in the room. And it was <laughs> literally the scene where she's on top of him completely naked. And I was like, oh, oh no. Oh, let's go to Coco Melon. Oh, no. <laughs> Mommy, what was that? <laughs> like, that's how babies are made. We'll talk about that later. You're too young. That's hilarious. Sorry about that. Set you up for failure. I forgot about that. T- because also, that actor's a dirtbag. I'll talk about him more. Later. Oh, I've heard um he's there's a lot of bad stuff anyways we don't need to get into that but the i used to love that scene because i loved him and i don't now so let's talk about it so the thing that that i was really breaking down is john and judy the fantasy there is the madonna and the whore fantasy right Mm -hmm. because kind of the funny setup with this storyline is while they are naked and simulating sex they are both kind of shy she is incredibly shy incredibly sweet uh they're both like hesitant to ask each other out on dates and it's like there's the fantasy he is seeing this woman fully nude he's getting to simulate sex with her he touched her breasts i think at one point he's like got his hands on her boobs all while she still gets to be meek and mild and shy and he gets to ask her out so he gets like all the benefits and then he still gets to have the perfect princess angel it's giving incel fantasy a hundred percent yeah oh there's another story that gives incel fantasy too (laughs) speaking of that oh this movie let's i'll take that and i'll raise you because that brings us to colin and the american girls so that's another love story so colin is a very average yet nerdy awkward englishman that's pretty much it he's yeah and he's looking for women and he's not finding any so the most realistic thing in the world happens kate which is that colin i mean this this might as well be a docuseries at this point but colin gets on a plane hits a bar the first bar he sees a flock of model attractive women sit down with him and adore him because he has an accent. Literally all he does is pronounce words and they are so obsessed with him that they invite him back to their place where they all have an orgy. That's the storyline. And then- fantasy. In self fantasy, (laughs) excuse me. And then he brings back a girl for his friend as if it's a commodity. Oh, and here's one for you. A souvenir. Yeah, it's literally Denise Richards. He brings back Denise Richards for his friend. And she like kisses on him immediately. That sounds about right. Realistic. 
so realistic so realistic it's just uh, i wrote in my notes because um, i'm labeling like what type of fantasy i think it is and this one just says just a straight up fantasy <laughs> just yeah like as right. unrealistic as it gets just yeah. just throw in all of the all of the <laughs> just every fantasy and then the crazy thing is his friend character actually is trying to talk him out of it is actually saying like this is kind of ridiculous like don't go to america that's dumb and it ends with him being like oh never mind i subscribe to your beliefs i have genius <laughs> i have me an american woman that you just shipped over oh my god it's so gross it's like that's just like literally they just slipped a porn a porno line just like a, a yeah. porno storyline just right in there this movie was so obviously written by a man uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> There was not, there's very little female input. Okay. Well, let me, let's continue on, Kate. Yeah, let's keep going to another couple. Nightmare. are there total? There's like too many. I, 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 we're not going to talk about the kids couple. I'm not getting into Liam Neeson's character because that's not really necessary. Yeah. He's kind of involved in the kids. Like he's kind of, his storyline is more like his wife and then like helping their son. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so again, there's, when you were talking about like this is clearly written by a man this storyline to me of all the storylines is the sneakiest but most clear version of this is a man who wrote this okay Mm -hmm. because sarah and carl yeah so sarah and carl are co-workers laura lenny fabulous actress um is you know has a crush on him they're trying to get them together there's this moment where he's back at their apartment the chemistry is on fire this dude's a male model <laughs> like like they pick a very beautiful man for this um and you're feeling like oh this could be a fantasy for a woman maybe right. wrong it's not a fantasy it's actually a nightmare because she gets a call she has a brother who uh has some type of some type of disability in which he needs as like extra care he gets violent when he's upset very dependent on her she appears to be the primary caretaker and literally what plays out is that he keeps calling and at one of the he's like threatening to hurt harm himself i think is part of it um so he keeps calling she keeps answering and that like is it and that the guys carl's like all right nope and and that's it he's basically like i'm out i'm done and then like her like her happy ending or whatever is like her with her brother and his the home he's in and he like gives her a hug and i mean like she was in love with carl like there's this awkward scene where they just have to like after this all happens they're like hi bye and like it's literally like well you can either be the hot guy or you can take care of the other man but you can't have both you can't have both. You're either going to be the primary caretaker of this man or in lonely, or you're going to throw that away and be with this dude. And I'm just like, why couldn't she do both? Yeah. Like what we all have things we're responsible for. Like why in the world, like why did they do Laura Linney so dirty in this script? Like they you did all of the women dirty in this yes. script. No woman wins in this. No, movie. even if she's supposed to have won. It's still, it's still at a cost, though. Yeah, like, but it's just like, yeah, yeah, and this one in particular is so, fa- it's like, the guy sucks, actually. Like, no, Carl sucks, because yeah. 
the only thing that happened is she has a commitment and a family member where he, it was urgent and he needed her. Yeah, and she prioritized no that. He just like dips. <laughs> he just dips. He's like, yeah, okay. I didn't get my sex, so this is kind of awkward. Yeah, there's no attempt to like talk. Like, yes, it genuinely just feels like a booty call is happening. Yeah. And there's, it's like she's viewing it one way, he's viewing it a different way, and then he just gets turned off and is like, well, I'm out. Like, but they don't. That's like the vibe. But like, they also don't play him out like that. He's still kind of seen. He like he's got the glasses. Like they yeah. still play him out like he's a handsome guy, like a handsome. That just didn't work out. It's like there was no attempt to to allow it to work out right we can believe that a man would fly to a different country walk into his first bar and be grabbed and thrown into an orgy with the most beautiful woman but a woman being able to care for her brother and have a man i don't think so that's crazy like that's (laughs) insane she must choose yeah (laughs) she can't be happy that's yeah. not right. We don't, we don't let women be happy on in this movie. <laughs> Instead, they almost make it like, oh, she's made a choice. She's choosing to have her brother and be lonely. It's like, or did Carl bail at the first sign? Like, you don't even know. Like, what? So, yeah, like, they just what? left it, like, unanswered. It wasn't, I don't know. Well, it, it felt uh, cheap. It was cheap, but it was also like, like. I can't imagine liking someone and the the first time they need me, the first sign of trouble, the first like, like it almost seemed like she didn't he didn't know about the brother. I don't know, but like the first time being like, oh, sorry, gotta go. I know we've built up this love story, but you know what? I'm gonna dip. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to that party. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah uh, I didn't like that. Okay. Speaking Who's of next? things, <laughs> speaking of things we don't like. So I did an entire episode on Mark and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll touch on it briefly. Okay. Just that's briefly. the one everybody, I mean, yeah. Uh, if you know about this, you know about these, this group of friends. <laughs> yeah. This is, you know, the token like cringe moment of the movie, which is just the fantasy is my best friend's girl. It's that fantasy he becomes obsessed with his best friend's fiance. He's mean to her because he can't have her. He films her wedding, but it's actually just creepy shots of her all night. And then he shows up at her house and confesses his love with freaking cue cards. And I would, the only thing I want to say there is again, you know, a man wrote it because she kisses him after that. Yep. Meanwhile, I would have been calling the police or like, <laughs> you know, hitting my, my, power button five times my phone in the back pocket so it just... i get geared first thing my i would be like wife the second that happened the second if my wife's best friend showed up at my door with cue cards and a boot box and said say it's carolers like um can you come out here like, <laughs> his whole plan would have been botched he would drop the cards and ran <laughs> <I'd be> like, <laughs> she played softball so you might want to sprint <laughs> but it's like at the end of the day, you could wrap his story up into a man who is obsessed with a woman, treats her like shit, confesses mm-hmm. his love to her, gets a kiss out of it. And even though he betrayed his best friend, like literally with him feet away from the door, they stay best friends. Everything's great for that character. Like, And they don't even like, they don't make the best friend like a bad guy either. Like yeah, he's, he's great. He's a good guy. He treats her well. Like it's such a weird it's a fantasy. Yeah, to have thought that was romantic. Or cute. I want to like go back to little me and be like, no, no, no. Bad. If a guy this does this, run. Not. 
could. And then it became like a pop culture reference yeah. to like yeah. cue cards. And like, that's how you say something emotional. That's how you like, it's, it's so weird. If someone just, you always have to think about the amount of planning. Like that was so, there's so much planning. There's a boom box, there's cue cards. It was everything, everything was like planned. Like she had to be giving a yes the whole way through for any of it to work you know what i'm saying like yeah he was all so many set ways up. for it to go awry and she and he was just like no she's gonna be down she's gonna she's gonna let me play the carol she's gonna listen and it's also just like the message of the story was like i confess my love and that's enough it's like is that the message again no woman wins in this movie it leaves her in the awkward position now of having to harbor this information and either come clean to her husband and ruin his friendship with his best friend or like live with it and interact with this person moving forward like that's such a such a shit thing to do to her like so selfish it's the most selfish like unloading such a secret and like he the the point is he got it off his chest and he feels better yeah and it takes no accountability and has no acknowledgement of what it does to her how shitty she must have felt but he's got a pretty face rick grimes cleaned up god i would take rick grimes shooting zombies over what freaking mark in a cue card like i would take if like if i opened that door and i saw zombies and rick on a horse i would be less frightened than if i opened this the door so much more romantic than love actually cue cards <laughs> jesus okay so i feel like we've covered that we all know that that old tale so let's jump ahead to yeah. david and natalie david and natalie and that's the prime minister and his she like works monica lewinsky stand-in right <laughs> she said it we went there oh. um you know what hit me the hardest about that one mm. the fat jokes i was just gonna say again she doesn't even win in this scenario oh. because she's fat shamed her what did they say like big thighs they like called her like thick thighed they called her chubby like so many variations of fat like and like uh that actress was not fat at all that actress was like like if yeah. you go back and look at her i don't she's probably what, a size six yeah or eight maybe yeah just a beautiful woman just yeah this is a fat character to you yeah uh and it and like literally the last line she runs into his arms and he says god you weigh a lot and she's like oh shut your face that's the last line he says to her i i didn't oh <laughs> i didn't get that far when i was rewatching it but yeah it's a fat joke to her uh -huh. <laughs> i would be throwing bows i would be throat punching and like so the whole plot line i'm going to tell you like so, like a quick summary of it because he does her so dirty so he's the prime minister she works for him everybody's calling her fat at work like god help this woman like she even talks about how her ex dumped her because he wasn't a nice guy and like made said that no guy would want to be with her because she had like thick thighs like or something about her weight like he, she said that to him and yet he's joking with her about her weight like great we'd love that for yeah. her anyways read the room buddy jackass he's a jerk in real life too so what's about the casting here lots of jerks okay so <laughs> so they have a flirtatious relationship and then billy bob thornton as the president of the united states comes in being all <laughs> I forgot it was him. 
all exactly what people outside the U.S. think about the U.S. He's uh, a royal asshole. He's overly confident. He's a jerk. He comes across as nice and then is completely uh, overpowering. Um, God, it sounds familiar. Um, but anywho, <laughs> not getting into that. But he like takes a liking to her and then the prime minister walks in and ugh, ew, I have chills thinking about it. Ugh. Because Billy Bob Thornton also. But Billy Bob Thornton is like whispering in her ear and like pushing her hair behind her ear and like touching her neck. And he sees Ugh. this and thinks this is some kind of mutual thing. Uh, they kind of play it like he thinks maybe they're they're both doing it, which like, are you stupid? Like, <laughs> like why would why would she want to get with him? Why would she want to get with Billy Bob Thornton? Why like why would she risk her job? Like any woman walking in would know what was going on in that scene. Any woman on earth, I right. I believe any non-binary person, like anybody besides a cis white man would have walked in and seen, seen her face. <laughs> yeah, seen a guy with power, but I guess, hey, I guess he had power over too, so he doesn't think that's wrong. But anyways, he sees this happen and it inspires this thing in him because uh, basically the U.S. was trying to make an agreement with, with, uh, England with Britain and where they were screwing them in some way. And uh, then he gives a big speech about how that's not going to happen. And basically they're bullies and he's not going to be bullied. Inspired by what he has just seen. Now, mm -hmm. despite that, he lets her go. He fires her after that. <sighs> and that's because he can't be around her. So, to sum that up, which is my biggest thing, he only realizes he likes her when he sees her being sexually harassed, one could say assaulted because he was touching her without her right. consent. And he makes it about himself. He uses it as the inspiration for his big speech where everybody loves him and cheers for him and says, yeah, that's my guy. We love you. And then he fires her because he can no longer work with her as if it's her fault. Yep. Again, no woman wins. And he's just uh, walked in on her being sexually harassed by the president yeah. of the United States. And he's like, you got to go. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> You're out of a job. Yeah. You know what? Now that you've been harassed by a literal president, um, you got to go. I don't like it. I'm jealous, to be honest. And like, he doesn't even fire her himself. He just says, he just has his uh, his underling, whoever he's, that's working for him, fire her. Yeah. That's a lot of, a lot of respect. He doesn't even ask her what was going on. Like, it was clearly not good. She looked terrified in the movie. And then, like, she sends him a card saying that I'm yours. And then he chases her down. Yeah, doesn't he, like... <laughs> Goes door to door. Stalk, yeah, stalks people's doors on Christmas to find yep. her. Yep. And then he opens the door Weirdo. and the family calls her chubby again. Her own family calls her chubby. And, yeah, he just shows up at her house. And that's that. And then they make out on a stage. Makes sense. That tracks. All sounds, again, totally realistic. Heard that story a million times. <laughs> Who hasn't yeah. been working at a prime minister's office and then the president hits <laughs> on you and then they fire you. But again, he's played out like the good guy. Like he, so he sees this woman being sexually harassed and he gets his big moment. That's his, yeah. like, that's when he's the most liked. That's his big speech of the film. Yeah. It's like, again, with the power imbalance, like. At whose expense? And he's yeah. not talking to her. He's not seeing if she's okay yeah yep don't like it let's get to the me the main course of this because 
Meat and taters. Meat and taters. <laughs> this, let's, <laughs> let's do away with the green beans. Um, because uh, I found some two things out that blew my mind. Because there were two things that I just assumed that I was shocked to find out was not the case when a writer from the movie confirmed that that was not the case. So for everyone who doesn't know the storyline, just in case you don't, Harry Harry has been married to Karen for a long time. They have kids together. And then there's Mia, the temptress, who works at his office. She is blatantly sexual with him. She is very much trying to have an affair, very obviously. We see him torn by this. We don't know which way he's going to go. He seems almost begrudgingly going into this affair. He buys a necklace. And then come Christmas, Karen opens her seemingly necklace-shaped box. And it is Joni Mitchell, a CD. And we realize the necklace has gone to Mia. So did you know that at the end of the movie, they are staying together and are still married? No, because I guess they kind of leave it. They are still. I think she even has her wedding ring on. But not only at the end of the story are Harry and Karen still together, but Harry slept with Mia. Did you know that? Oh, no, that was okay. Well, that that shatters part of my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yep. Emma Freud was one of the film's writers, and she sadly confirmed that Harry and Mia's affair wasn't just emotional, and they did, in fact, have sex. When she was asked by a fan, it was uh, like a Twitter Q&A in 2015, she said, they definitely had an affair. I begged Richard, referring to Richard Curtis, the actually Love Actually director. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. I begged Richard just to make it a flirtation, but no. The whole way. So that's just like implied? And then like, is it actually confirmed in the movie? or is So it just I like- don't think it's confirmed in the movie, but the way that the movie was made, the intentions behind yeah. the, everyone involved was that we are seeing, we are seeing the before, middle and after of an actual sexual yeah. affair, which changes everything because I thought... I, I mean, that's naive, I guess, but I thought you just gave her a necklace. <laughs> well, yeah, I I had always thought like, okay, this is showing like, it leaves hope in yeah. the end. Yes. It, like, it didn't like, go too far. Yeah. He, he stopped anything from, ha- or he, I guess he got caught, but yes, he realized the error of his ways and like recommitted right. to his wife type of like feeling that you get at the end. Like, okay, well that wasn't a totally horrible ending. Well, <laughs> wrong okay he's a pig too and he's big um but to me like this is the most nice guy of all the stories because this is what happens when a man cheats from the nice guy's perspective this is the narrative of the nice guy when he has had an affair that is what we watch because the entire time we see a man almost like dragging his feet to cheat. There's never a point where he is the quote unquote aggressor. He's almost like shy. He's he seems like he's not sure he wants to. And then you have Mia, who is literally a caricature. She has she's like perfect figure, big eyes. She is overly sexual. She is like 
like, okay, just some quotes from her. They talk about where the Christmas party is going to be in an art gallery. Mia says, it's an art gallery full of dark corners for doing dark deeds. <laughs> right? No joke. That's, That's a quote. A man. Another quote oh. about the Christmas party. I'll just be hanging around the mistletoe, hoping to be kissed. And there, I, so I know. cheesy. Like, cringy. what girl? That, like, a, a, no. Mm -mm. That girl's yeah. not saying in that. Sorry. <laughs> in a man's fantasy. Yeah. In the in the story that the man tells his wife after he cheats, that's that's what I'm telling yeah. you. She literally wears devil horns at the party. Yeah, he dances with the devil when he dances with her. Uh, she there are there's like that scene where she opens her legs when they're talking and like scoots her pelvis forward when he's when they're at the office. Ugh. And, and okay, so you have Mia who's like the seductress incredibly sexual like just like no woman talks like that and if she did it like in the workplace like i don't know any like i i have yet to hear a story of a workplace affair that was this poor older white man just trying to live his life and some seductress temptress gets yeah. him out of his marriage he has he wants no part in it it's her and like the other thing so I talked about the Madonna and the whore, right? So, which is a, there's a trope. That's not, I don't use the term whore, but right. it's a, it's like a, a trope between like men always somehow want you to be this like crazy, somehow be both, which is impossible, yeah. right? Um, but then you have Karen. So you have Mia, who's a seductress. And then you have Karen, who is somewhat like made to seem frumpy. Did you know she was in yeah. a fat suit? I did know that. I mm -hmm. knew that more recently when i started like rewatching mm -hmm. and rejudging the movie and i was like because of, of course she was because in big sweaters and a fat suit literally it's never mentioned it's it has like not that anyone should wear a fat suit but like it's not even in the script there's not a single meanwhile they're you know they're calling uh poor what was her name natalie they're calling poor nordly uh, poor nordly they're calling <laughs> poor natalie fat every five seconds uh but karen just has to be in a fat suit almost as if to say like oh, a woman has to let herself go to be cheated on which the irony there is that emma thompson looking like emma thompson was cheated on yeah so like the idea that they had to throw her in a fat suit to think that it would make sense she would be cheated on it just shows you like that's what they think cheating like why cheating happens yeah they had to add in that little detail yeah yeah as if that has anything to do with anything one thing, and this is not an original idea. I, I mean, it's something someone else worded better than I could, put my thought into words better than I could with this like whole dynamic. Uh, and especially with like um, Mark and what's her name? Juliet. Juliet. Uh, in so many stories, it's like the man is glorified for breaking up a relationship mm -hmm. like he is put on a pedestal uh and seen as like a um like a heartthrob for breaking up a relationship uh like jim in the office oh my god uh like leonardo dicaprio in titanic 
Rose oh, yeah. is engaged. The savior, um, the white, the the, uh, the white knight yeah, savior. Uh, Noah in the Notebook, like she's mm-hmm. engaged. It's like seen as okay and romantic for them to be pursuing women who are in committed relationships. Given, yeah, Pam wasn't happy. Noah and I can't think of her name in the Notebook. <laughs> but that's also as written. You know, they're yeah. they're they're choosing a storyline and then they're filling in details to make yeah. it more palatable. But like the women in these stories are either vilified or victimized. They're either a hundred percent. They're either like Pam, who's the sad, like unhappy. She's unhappy in her marriage. Save and like, me. Yeah. Or it's uh the girl in in love actually, who's like the the vixen and the she's the bad person. She's the yeah. She has no personality enemy. other than yeah, trying to sleep with her. Like porn eyes and like yeah. When I saw this again, she immediately reminded me of the assistant in Ted Lasso, who um, Rupert cheats on his second wife with. Did you watch Ted Lasso? Oh, yeah, yeah, His assistant, short brown hair, had the same type of, like, just nothing to her, but, like, Mm -hmm. and it's just, like, it's interesting because I feel like it's, like, written very specifically. Well, it's, they made her like a blow-up doll, like literally. Yeah. They, and that I guarantee you, that woman has more to offer as to character and depth. They gave her nothing. They literally like dressed her up in skin-tight stuff and yeah. made her be sexual. They opened no your depth to her. At no, all. she was just she was a walking temptation. She yeah. was a vixen, and like. They even have the scene where she's in underwear putting the necklace on. Like, that's not even necessary. Like, why are we even seeing that? Like, you just wanted to put her beautiful body in lingerie. Like, that's not... It's cringy. It's just also cringy when you go back and watch it. Yeah, but I think that's a really good point about, like, you're the victim, you're the villain, but you're never really empowered. You can be empowered, but only if the guy has made you empowered. I can't think of a, a movie or a script. And maybe there is one and maybe someone can comment and, and tell me one. But like I was trying to rack my brain, like name a movie where the female lead is pursuing a man who is in a committed relationship, maybe unhappy. Yeah, like a lot of these stories are written, but like where she's the empowered one who ends up with the guy in the end for breaking up a relationship. Like, you know what I mean? It's mm. more it's more like like you're saying there's 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 like my my best friend's wedding but they like it's always like the woman is kind of unhinged yeah there's always it always comes at a cost yeah to the woman like uh mark in love actually becomes like this romantic icon for years and like a pop culture reference for for being a a total stalker and creeper and like bad friend and bad like but again like i think this just highlights what happens when a story is told from the nice guy perspective they made like they just made these women like oh okay like aurelia's like okay i i you know, I worked for you, but I'll I'll be in love with you. You're like, oh, okay. You know, you were the prime minister and you fired me, but I'll yeah. write you a love letter. And Sarah, poor Sarah, who like doesn't get anyone. I, oh, I'll just devote devote my life only to my brother and not have any life of my own. And the American girls who are, oh, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> I'll yeah. just sleep with you, and you can just bring me over to basically sell to your friend. You can just yeah. bring me on over and I'll sleep with your friend. I think it was supposed to be her sister too. Like, I think there's, there's like the, at the end, the two girls are siblings. Ew. So it's like, oh, <laughs> we'll just do that fantasy. Completely submissive yeah. to their craziness and thankful. Yeah. Yuck. If you think about it, even in like just regular life, 
I feel like a lot of um, men are told, like, even if a girl's taken to, to go for it, like you, she just need to show her like Jim, you know, it's like, it's like that idea of like, well, she just needs to see you or she just like, just keep pursuing her. It'll work out. There's this like romanticism to that kind of dynamic, yeah. but you don't, I don't ever hear my girl, my girlfriends being like, yeah, like go. Well, yeah. And if a guy like wins a girl over or like breaks up a relationship and gets the girl, it's like a survival of the fittest. It's almost right. like he's applauded for being like right. the better option. A girl does it. She's a homewrecker. She's a homewrecker for sure. Yeah. She's a homewrecker for sure. Yeah. That's so interesting. Not that I'm condoning breaking up relationships. No, 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 no. It's just an interesting dynamic. I really do think this movie is the litmus test. Like, I really do think this is this is the perfect movie for to know, like, where you are in your journey. Like, who yeah. do you identify with? Who do you have a problem with? What year did this movie come out? Oh, it's God. over 20 years old, right? I'm pretty sure it, there was, like, the 20th anniversary. 20, 2003. Okay. That would have put me at right around that ripe teenage age of like you know yep. thinking about what your life is going to look like in a romantic relationship as an adult and like you know <laughs> what an unfortunate fantasy to build as a young teenage girl to watch this movie and be like this is what romance look like looks like yeah god i hope some guy shows up at my house with cue cards and a boom box yeah and you watch it now as like you know mid-30s and i'm just like this is unhinged yeah <laughs> Call the police a hundred times. So cringy. Like, like I didn't yeah. even realize like, like the caricatures, like the American girls caricatures, mm -hmm. the, and, and Mia, like Mia is so clearly like a male fantasy character. Yeah. It's not a real person. And I remember watching that and be like, oh gosh, she's bad. Don't steal Alan Rickman, you, you know, that, yeah. that was like my, like now, like she's the bad guy. She wears the devil horns. The movie's quite clear about what she very is. Very literal. Yeah, very literal about her character. Yeah, it's just crazy, like unpacking like the misogyny there and unpacking yeah. like how skewed all these stories are. Like like I said, like I went frame just story by story, how like they're all fantasies of men. All of these stories sold to like women. <laughs> yeah. It was so black and white, like, this is the good guy. This is the bad guy. This, yeah. And it was no, like, digging deeper. And now that you watch it and you're like, if this happened in real life, yes. that person would be in jail. <laughs> yeah, if, bonafide stalking. Yeah, if I if I walked in and my wife's friend had a, shouldn't have creepy friends, but if she did, had a video that they had taken of me, just like all my face, and I found that, I would definitely yeah, be, be problems macing and and running for sure yeah oh god well that's so that that's uh that ends our christmas extravaganza do you <laughs> or holiday extravaganza do you have any like final thoughts find a new uh a new movie to watch <laughs> during the holidays find a new just go on go down hallmark just pick a hallmark movie those are cheesy we all know they're cheesy Let's all let's all stand one of those. They're bad already. We know going in. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, and when I read the the two facts, I was like, I need to talk about this again because I'm furious. The movie is so multifaceted and so messed up on so many levels. Yeah, like, let's it's just wipe it. There's so many levels of it. It's such a good like. Someone put so much thought into making that such a multi-level male fantasy movie yes and, and it's like, weird 
It's crazy because like that the woman who was the one on Twitter just talking about it literally said she fought. She tried to get him to not make it that he had really had an affair to not be this story. Like no, and he's like no, it's got. She he has to sleep with her for sure. He had to bang that chick for sure. You see her in her underwear that I put in the movie for no reason. (laughs) But it's like a holiday movie, you guys. It's like it's it's for the Christmas spirit. You know, this guy was just like itching to write this story and he's like i'm gonna make it a christmas movie (laughs) i'm gonna put all my fantasy like literally yeah i'm gonna take my porno my old porno ideas and i'm gonna frame it like christmas but jingle bells but jingle bells oh lord well kate this has been an incredible year i know this is like wrapping up your year isn't it yeah well we're coming back don't worry we'll be back for yeah i'll call it season three but like what the first season was two episodes and they were holiday themed, so I kind of screwed that up. <laughs> but it's season three. We'll be coming back with season three. Hopefully, I'll be rehired. You <laughs> are officially rehired. <laughs> oh, no strange power dynamics between us, and I will not let Billy Bob Thornton anywhere near you. Okay. Thank you. Only answer the door for actual carolers. <laughs> I don't answer the door for carolers. Carolers, I'm dead <laughs> honest with you. I had my wife and I were talking about this the other day. Somebody knocked on our door. We don't like answering the door, anyways. And there was silence, and then a very religious song oh. began emanating from our driveway, and they sang like a full ten minutes. Oh my gosh! I was like, even answering the door. Yes, at us. <laughs> just at your house, and extra we were loud. Just, we were just like melting into the sofa, like, get me out of here. Why are they still singing? It's <laughs> so awkward. I should have sang back. I should open the window and really drop some bars on them. Oh, you want to hear a funny story really fast? When yes. I lived in a subdivision as a kid, I thought caroling meant just singing. So I took a karaoke, uh, giant rollable karaoke speaker with an attached microphone out into the middle of my subdivision just in the grass in the middle of nowhere near anyone's house and just like scream saying jingle bells and like christmas carols thinking that's what caroling was people were just gonna come out to me <laughs> and hear me singing it's a new that's a new way of doing it i'm They're not gonna walk to you. down their you long to driveway me. and there i'm gonna sound so good they're gonna come give me my like, god money. is that an angel so I was just the weird kid with a karaoke box as all these cars are driving by my subdivision, <laughs> singing by myself in the grass. Just you know. Did you get any money? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was the weird kid at the subdivision for sure. Same. Oh, there's Katie again. <laughs> She's out there singing. singing by herself. Why does she do that? <laughs> I I would have sang with you. To be fair, I yeah, would have. Absolutely. I wasn't. sending messages through poster boards hey could have been worse you could have had a boombox and been harassing your neighbors (laughs) okay all right well thank you so much for being here and closing out this season of the f the nice day podcast our first real season again thank you so much to everybody who's listening i cannot express how much it means to me to have your support and to have built this community to share our stories and laugh together maybe cry together depending on the day but to really just help each other and heal together because unpacking this stuff is really, really difficult. And I feel really lucky to be a part of 
the sharing of our stories and creating a space where we can heal and feel validated. And at the end of the day, no, we are not alone in what we have all experienced. So we can laugh while doing it sometimes. Sometimes we laugh. Sometimes we're mad. (laughs) Sometimes we get hives. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it ends with uh, sweating and (laughs) fitful sleep. We've definitely had, I've had hives. We've definitely been red faced. I've definitely gone to bed angry from this podcast. Yeah. I was for sure yelling in the beginning of this one with my Santa story. Hey, that deserves yelling. Started off strong. And (laughs) this is a more positive ending, but. Also, make sure to check out the F the Nice Guy podcast Patreon. I will have the link below in the description of this episode. We have Patreon exclusive episodes. We have polls. We have chats. We have just extra content and community. And I would love to see you all there, especially in this new year. So thank you. I hope you all have a happy holidays. Thank you, Kate, for being my amazing perpetual co-host. And as always, my friends. F the nice guy.